and gentlemen, and welcome to the End Zone Militia, episode five of our spring sports coverage. I'm your host, Isaiah Marco, with my co-host, Phil Snow, the stats guy. I am the stats guy, and just remember that stats are cool. Indeed, they are. Phil, uh, we're getting down to winding down our spring sports coverage, and uh, we kind of took a little break, but uh, holidays and all that and some family things come first. And, and it's uh, summer, you know. People want to get out of here and go do stuff, and you know I totally understand that. Which, uh, you know, obviously, softball closing some things up this past weekend with the state tournament going on there. Uh, Anthony Wayne was competing in that uh, this past weekend. We also had uh, Gibsonburg, a team that we talked about a little bit with football coverage. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we talk about the the Golden Bears of Gibsonburg <laughs> in their orange and black and their orange and black uniforms. Uh, uh, they they had a credible tournament postseason run, uh, first time in school history for them to make it to the state tournament and to be able to do that is pretty impressive. So congratulations mm-hmm. to those uh, to those ladies for doing that. And then you know you 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 look at you know who, some teams around here that we thought would make some noise. You know we talked a little bit about Brian mm-hmm. uh, with the Thea Staten girl who's absolutely incredible. She has some really good arm talent. They were able to make a run, uh, fell just short of the state tournament. Um, as they were able to lose or are able to get to uh, the regional championship game and they were uh, defeated seven to three by a very, very impressive Talmadge squad. And, you know, uh, kudos to Brian, obviously a really, a really nice season, uh, won the NWOL championship. Now you're talking about girls basketball, softball, uh, NWOL championships, even, uh, you know, the Brian baseball team had a pretty good season. So mm-hmm. they're obviously up and coming with the fall sports, always, oh, yeah, always absolutely. do really well yeah, there. They're, so. they're always a dark horse in football, but we'll worry about that conversation in a few months. Well, and, you know, we don't we didn't really cover track and field and stuff, but, you know, there was also the track and field championships for this yep. weekend. Uh, you know, and we want to shout break. out some so local rec- yeah, some local people. Were, were made also. But yeah, actually, the Liberty Center girls, uh, I think it was the 4x1 or 4x2 relay team that uh, broke their school record in the pl- preliminary round uh, and then actually broke that record in the uh, state championship run that they ended up finishing second as a runner-up. So congratulations to those ladies. I know uh, the Kramer girl uh, finished Emily sixth, Kramer. I think. Yeah, finished sixth in the throwing. Haley Meyer from Ossian was top ten. Uh, you know, the you know the captain and I were kind of talking about it a little bit before. Aletha mm-hmm. Fosnight was 16th in the state and in a high jump, mm-hmm. I believe. And she's just a freshman, so uh, you know that's it's great to see young girls out there. You know, maybe disappointed with 16s, but we're talking. And I, you know, if you finish top 25 in the state in track as an individual placer, you know, to, to think about how many young how ladies many, and yeah. young men do that thing, and you know, to be able to to be able to say you're top 25, I think is an impressive feat, Absolutely. especially as a first year, uh, you know, high school track competitor. Uh, obviously, good things there. So pretty impressive stuff, and then. Uh, one thing I did want to mention too about the track and field stuff before we go on is uh, the the girl from Wayne Trace. Uh, her name's Sydney Sin. She actually had mm-hmm. added two more state championships to her docket already. Had two last year, uh, so she was the back to back state championship in one of her events. Got on the podium real quick, took a picture, and then went to run the leg of the sixteen hundred relay, which also won state for Wayne Trace. So, uh, pretty impressive stuff there oh, to be yeah. able. Yeah, so pretty impressive stuff there to be able to do that. Uh, to compete in those legs and then, you know, come right back and just, you know, pour it on again. So hats okay, off to so, those track uh, athletes school, that so did that this weekend. the was the 4x100-meter relay consisting of uh, Callan Stoner, uh, Haley Muller, Peyton Army, and Elm Muller with a time of 50.08. And, and I think the one they set at the, at the preliminary was 50.77. Okay. So they beat their other school record, like – 
So that's yeah. pretty impressive. And the uh, other one was a 4 by 200 meter relay consisting of Calistoner again, Haley Muller, Peyton Army, and El Muller again placing second. And that was a record time of 144.45. And, yeah. Yeah, Peyton Army had an exceptional uh, track career at Liberty Center here. You know, there's been a few uh, standout tra- track athletes. I, um, Angie Whitmire, Hobo. Jessica McClure. Oh, uh, what about Hobo Crew? Uh, well, you know, just a couple of ladies that had had some really good track careers here, and yeah, you know, she's up along the lines of the. We've seen her leadership on the basketball court this mm-hmm. this this uh, winter season, so no surprise there. So, uh, Marco, let's get into some of the uh, the some of the softball scores. Uh, we're we're going to be joined by a special guest here shortly in just a few minutes, uh, so that'll be really cool. Um, but until that time, we'll start with Division Two. Uh, um, you know, mommy. Uh, they they had an impressive season. You know they kind of started off a little bit slow, but ended up having a pretty impressive year. Uh, they got started with a win. Uh, you know, obviously this was a couple weeks ago, but got started with a win over Wasion. They blinked them ten to nothing. Wasion struggled a little bit this year in mm-hmm. softball. You know, yes, we saw did. that a little bit with league play. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about also in Division Two, uh, Brian. Uh, you know, Brian, a team that we knew was going to be good, uh, opened up with a ten nothing win over Salina. Uh, in, a, in a sectional championship game, uh, moving to the district semifinals, uh, got to play a, a, a familiar opponent in, in the Napoleon Wildcats, mm-hmm. uh, a team that, that I think they had played in the regular season once already yep. uh, and was able to win that game. And then they could play them in the district semifinals and get a 6 nothing win over the Wildcats in that game. Um, and then they would follow that up with a district championship win over Lima Bath, yeah, a, a, a WBL team that, you know, they kind of have some – some postseason history too, Marco, yeah. because we talked about the basketball side of this. You know, last year Lima Bath knocked off Brian in the basketball side. This year Brian was able to come back and get him back. Uh, and you know, now you look at this; they go, they do it on the diamond as well. And Brian's uh, softball team able to uh, to win this one as well. So pretty cool, pretty cool how you put those two things together. And yeah, it's a post- uh, uh, I believe that's a postseason rivalry right there uh, with both schools uh, in different sports there. So. It's always nice to see that. Uh, and then uh, Talmadge uh, ended up beating Bri- uh, Brian seven to three in the regional in the regional semifinal the, game. I believe they were they were they made it to the state title, but I was unable to find the results of that game, and that was played yesterday. So I have well, that team also beat Maumee, so Maumee and. Uh, um, Brian and back-to-back games were ousted by that Talmadge team, so obviously a uh, pretty quality team there. Yeah, and uh, so the Golden Bears uh, finished their season 23-2. and uh, Caitlin DeWitt uh, with two singles, a double, and Thea Stanton with pitched for six, uh, six innings, seven runs, four earned, got hit seven times, and six strikeouts with a walk in, in that game. In that game, uh, in the in their loss, and, and I just want to remind you to all, all you folks out there. You know that was the girl that we had talked about being a dominant leading pitcher in the area for mm-hmm. uh, most of the season. Just a freshman, folks. So uh, you're going to see her for the next three years shine in the pitching side of things. Uh, you know we'll talk about uh, Evergreen in, in Division Three, but another one of those players is Macy Chamberlain, who just had an absolutely fantastic season, um, breaking her own record what three times in a row or two uh, times? for home runs. And uh, you know I talked to some of the guys that have daughters that play for our softball team and they get leaks league statistics at the end of the season mm-hmm. and uh macy chamberlain batted over 740 in league play Dang. in league play the so in this in the, and she led the league in walks so when you 
when you put those two numbers together, it's just absolutely incredible. The Penn State, the Penn State commit strikes again. Um, also, defiance, uh, defiance with a win over Liberty Benton two to one in the sectional championship game, and then they would end up losing to Lima Bath in the district semis. Uh, obviously, who would go on to lose to Bryan in the mm-hmm. in the finals there? So that's kind of our Division two uh, stuff for girls softball. Um, you know, you know, it's not surprising that Brian made the run they did, especially with the pitching they have. They have some really good athletes over there. And, you know, when you're talking about softball at this level, I feel like if you have good pitching and, and girls that can – okay, so uh, we are uh, going to be joined uh, live now here on the End Zone Militia by a special guest. It is uh, first-year head softball coach of the Liberty Center Lady Tigers. It's Nicole Kyle. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, here on our show, and uh, thank you for taking some time to talk uh, to talk some softball with us. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we'll we'll, d- we'll dive right into it. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your first year here at the helm of Liberty Center. Uh, you guys had a fantastic season. Uh, you know, you go strolling into the postseason, uh, looking at a solid Genoa team. Maybe didn't finish the year how you guys wanted. Uh, you know, just talk a little bit about uh, how your season went uh, in your first year here at Liberty Center. Yeah, I think overall we had a great season, um, a lot to be proud of. However, we definitely had some heartbreakers along the way. We lost some a tight, a few tight games that um, kind of set the tone for how tough games were going to go for us, which was unfortunate. Um, and I think we saw that in Genoa. So hopefully next year we can build off that. That's going to make us hungry. We're returning a lot of players. We'll have a lot of seniors next year. So a lot of experience. Um They've been in those high-pressure situations, so we're hoping that that pays off for us. Um, we'll definitely miss our seniors from this year, so that will hurt a little bit, but we got some players that are ready to step into those roles. So we definitely are looking forward to next year and hope to have big goals again next year. You know, you, you talk about some of the some of the leadership and uh, some of the pieces that you're going to be bringing back next year. Uh, talk a little bit about what some of the strong points that you guys had were this year. If you were to say maybe what your anchor was this year, uh, s- stuff like that, and then maybe what uh, some of the things that you guys needed to work on a little bit as far as looking at it as a season as a whole. Yeah, um, we talk a lot about just having heart and playing for your teammates and. We definitely did that this year. They got a taste of it. We had some players step up, especially out of that junior class. I mean, Emma St. Clair was a leader on the field for us a lot this year. And I think when she went down during our Bryan game, we really felt that. So having her come back and really be a staple on our infield for us and have that energy that she kind of stepped into this year that we've been expecting out of her for three years now, and she really grasped that this year. Um, she's going to lead the way for us next year. And then we have Addie Zintek back, who's another just gritty player, super tough. Um, what she lacks in skills, she makes up for in heart. And having those players on our infield is just going to really set the tone. And that's not – we like I said, we started to get that this year. Um, but now those players have felt that. They're hungry for it. They, they know what big wins feel like, and they're ready for that. Um, be a bear behind the plate, too. This was kind of her comeback year. She was settling in. And then having her back as a senior, and I know she has big goals. I mean, if you sit in her dugout, you can definitely feel the expectations and the pressure that's on her. And next year, I think she's really going to own that and step up in big ways. She's got a big summer of camps and um, tournaments that's going to get her a ton of experience. She's got a really a lot of really good coaching that she's surrounded around right now. Um, and those three players will really help us. And then returning two pitchers that have been 
Reese has been a starting pitcher for for us since her freshman year. Molly Perry really stepped up this year and kind of took that ace role. So having those two full of experience back and knowing that they fell short this year a couple times and then also having big successes this year will really motivate them to work hard this summer, work hard in the off season and really own that. So returning all those players, especially returning two starting pitchers, I don't know that anybody else in the league can say that and have the kind of experience and hunger that we're going to have. Yeah, and just to, just to mention that again, you know, you talk about some of that experience. Uh, Beatrice Barrett, first team All-League as a junior. Emmy Gray, first team All-League as a junior. Uh, Emma St. Clair, second team All-League as a junior. And then Molly Perry, second team All-League as a junior. Obviously had a couple of seniors there that got honorable mention. Uh, but just to just to back your point there about the success and the, uh, the leadership you're going to be bringing back, I think having some All-League players on your team is going to be huge and really help set the tone. Um, so before we go back to Liberty Center a little bit here, let's talk a little bit about around, around the league. Obviously, softball championships just finished up this past weekend. Uh, we've seen Anthony Wayne compete over there. Uh, Gibsonburg compete over there. Uh, we've seen Brian in the regional championship or in the regional semifinal game uh, fall to a very good Talmadge school. Uh, just talk about how the league has been this year and about how our area teams have just been really exciting and brought a lot back to uh, bringing some excitement back to area softball. Yeah, talking about our league, I I think this is one of the most competitive years we've had in our league in a long time. I mean, Evergreen, which won the league, were co-champs last year. I mean, they finished middle, bottom of the pack this year. So uh, just that alone, like, they were that good, and then that's how much the other teams around us have stepped up. I think Swatton's a rising team. There's somebody to look out for. We thought Brian, you know, they finally graduated Addie Arnold, which was their stud pitcher for a long time, and then they come in with um, Thea, and she just dominates. So it's really it's exciting to see that level of play, especially when we're playing against it, because those girls are spectacular. You know, Macy Chamberlain, who's committed to Penn State. We've got Thea Staten, who's going to do big things, and she's only a freshman. Um Natalie Noxinger from Archibald, she has made quite the name for herself. We have all of those players, and then Swine's full of freshmen that they're going to be bringing back, so they have a bright future. Um, so while our league is going to be competitive, that's not discouraging to us. We're, we're excited for that. We love that we get to play good competition. Um, when we play teams that aren't as good competition, we don't, we're not playing our best either. So I think that we really rise when we play well or not. Um, well-matched teams our girls really welcome that competition and we hope to do that even more next year absolutely um you know while you get a chance here uh, you know we want to obviously give you uh give you some time to uh recognize some people that have helped you out along the way obviously um you know you've been around the coaching scene uh you know obviously if you want to give some shout outs to people who maybe helped you out this season that uh that maybe didn't get enough notification uh anybody that helps out with the stats i'd like to just give you the floor here and let you talk about some of these people that maybe helped you out along the way this year yeah we returned almost all of our coaching staff this year um in some capacity scott barrett was obviously a huge supporter of mine he really pushed me to take this position and then We've transitioned for the last couple of years now. He'll continue to transition out, but I always know that he's got my back. Even if we don't see eye to eye, he's going to have my back. He's going to give me the best advice that he can and support me um, and what's best for our girls. And he won't be afraid to tell me if he doesn't think that I'm making the right decision, but he'll also support me if he knows that I'm committed to it. Um, and then we had Jenny Perry, 
and Katie Fuller both come back again. They're a huge help, just kind of giving us some extra hands. Jenny does the book for us in the dugout, and that's just, it's huge, because it's one less thing that I don't have to worry about. She helps calculate stats and report stats. Just as a head coach, I'm realizing how much behind the scenes there is, and if I didn't have all those people helping, there's no way I could do it. Peg Zintek's another one. She was kind of my right hand this year and made sure that I was on track and helped with all the things that there's no way I would have had time for. So Peg was a huge asset this year, and she'll be around the program for a long time. So I'm looking forward to working with her again in the future. And then we brought on two new coaches this year. So Lexi Meyer and Danny Jones, they have a lot of playing experience. They have a lot of energy. The girls loved them. So they both said that they're um, in for next year. So I hope that they continue to stay committed because I know that they bring a whole nother level of passion and competition to the team. So, um, and then my mom was a huge help. I have a one-year-old, so there's no way that I would be able to manage everything if she wasn't as hands-on and as willing to help out as she is. So, um, that was, I definitely couldn't do it without her. Awesome. Absolutely. Uh, just going back during the season, all that, when we were playing against Evergreen and went into extra innings, uh, that was the most, a very intense game, just like the like I would say a year ago. Prior to that, in the tournament game playing against Evergreen, how like how intense was that dugout when uh, when you had the bases loaded and uh, you were on the vert and obviously you got the walk off walk. But prior to that, uh, just it was just really exciting and all that. What was like what how what how did it feel going in that dugout and on the field knowing that you're that you're very close to uh being evergreen there yeah that was definitely i felt like a defining moment for our team because we've like you said we've been in that situation before we went into extra innings and we couldn't pull it out so the fact that they were able to stay in it and not collapse under that pressure but answer back to that pressure that was a huge moment for us. Um, that was our first big league win of the year, and that definitely motivated them and gave them the confidence to like, hey, you know, we can do this. We've been talking about it, but, like, I think that they finally believed in themselves there, and they realized the kind of intensity and focus that it takes. Um, we talked a lot early in the season and kind of all season long about pressure. Like, one of the things that the girls say is, oh, coaches put too much pressure on me. That's too much pressure. And I'm like, you know what? Life is pressure. Like there's things that we just have to be able to put up with. And if I could take that pressure off of you, I wouldn't even if I could, because it, it teaches you so much about life and it forms you into the young women that you're going to need to be later on. And I think that was one of the moments where they're like, you know what, I can, I can handle this pressure. Absolutely. Yeah, we, that's uh that's great. We love to hear it. We'll, uh, we'll leave you with one last thing here. Uh, talk a little bit about maybe your youth programs, uh, kind of what's going on a little bit with that. I know, uh, I, I know some people down there that uh, know a little bit of some of the incoming freshmen that are going to be some pretty talented uh, ladies there, uh, especially uh, coming up there in the junior high levels. Just talk a little bit about maybe the youth program and some of the things that they're doing this summer and uh, maybe some of the things that you guys are doing this summer. Yeah, you definitely can't have a successful high school, high school program if you don't have a good youth program. So I hats off to all those coaches and parents that have worked so hard with that youth. Um, I know it's a big time commitment and it's not always the easy, most rewarding thing to do. Um, but it's paying dividends when they get into high school, they're ready. Um, they're hungry. They know what to do. They know the basics. It makes it easier for me, um, to just go get it then. So we had a youth camp, 
a few weeks ago. Um, the girls in those lower levels are just so excited about softball. It's so refreshing to see their heart and their passion and their excitement. And I think it really got our girls excited about softball again, too, after a long season. Uh, and then, yeah, like you said, we have some uh, talented freshman class coming up, and I think that they're going to be just ready to go as soon as we get them. Uh, so we're not going to have to take steps back and reteach them the basics. They're just going to be ready to go. So, again, you can't have a good high school program without a good youth program. Absolutely. Uh, Coach Kyle, thank you so, so much for taking some time with us here on your Sunday afternoon to talk some softball with us and join our show. Uh, we really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, as always, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Yes, thank you. Have a good day. Thanks. Bye. And that was first-year head lady, Coach Kyle. And Phil, I'm going to be honest with you, when I on the seat, the home opener when I announced for that game, no one told me it was pronounced Kyle. <laughs> and so I so and I and what happened and I don't know I if you go back onto LC Tiger Sports Live, I think it I think it was picked up. I don't know, but there's a good chance it was. And I say, in coaching her first game as the head Larry Center Tiger coach, Coach Keel, and then everyone started, everyone started laughing, like, oh, no, I mispronounced it. <laughs> and so when the game got over, I went down and went down to the field and apologized. And I, and she started laughing and all that, and she's like, it's pronounced Kyle. I'm like, who's – like, and I asked her, who spells Kyle like that? People from Swanton is what she said. I'm like, Okay. A lot of stuff just started making sense. <laughs> and so, but yeah, um, I apologize to her on that. And so to this day now, um, I, I put, I write down Kyle, K-Y-L-E, instead of Kiel, well, the way it's, it looks like it. It's a broadcaster's <laughs> secret. Write it down yeah. how it spells, yeah. how it sounds. Don't, don't, yeah. don't write it how it's spelled. Write it how it sounds. Yeah. And, well, Phil, uh, you, you, uh. You sent, we were messaging each other over the weekend. He thought it's Coach Keel, right? I'm like, no. It's, it's, it's <laughs> hey, these are why it's we Kyle. ask those questions. Hey, take it, take it for what it's worth. I remember during the football season, I reached out to local people from the Coldwater area to figure out uh, Marcel Blazing games. Yeah, how do you game. say his name the proper way? So. Uh, oh, yeah, the prime example. And the, the, See, these are why we do these shows. You guys wouldn't know these stories without listening to our show. Um, last year during the JV broadcast, obviously I do uh, LC Tiger Sports Live. I broadcast the JV and the, uh, freshman. the freshman and the uh, junior, junior high. high football games. Um, we were calling Seth Muscles, uh, Muscle. His name is Seth Muscle. And uh, we had pronounced his name wrong, and somebody had told us, and you know what? Don't hesitate to tell me if I'm pronouncing somebody's name wrong because this is why we do it. It's all the recognition for the kids. Um, you know that that that's the whole point behind it. That's why we do it. Um, you'll you'll see me at every if I can at every sporting event that I broadcast. I always go down. I talk to the coach. I ask how do you pronounce these names. Not only that, but they'll also try to trick you on JV by wearing numbers that they're not in the program wearing. So you got to make sure that you're asking because the roster you have is probably. Not right. Absolutely. But that's thankful for me knowing our kids because I don't need, you know, if they're wearing practice uniforms, I can I know who they are because I see them and I know yeah. who they are. But, uh, you know, it's just it's just a funny story. That's, a, that's you know, that's kind of why, like, again, why you do it. You you want to make sure you're getting these people's names right, especially the kids. You know, they put they put a lot of time in. And when you hate it, they, I know I remember listening to uh, we played up in uh, a football game up in Michigan at Whiteford. 
Yes, my um, cousin uh, played for them. The bleachers they had there were the size of this room. Yeah, it, yeah. Yes. We were, were the bleachers that we yeah, had the there metal, on the side the of this room ones, in the metal. Ones. Yeah, and it was literally just this big, and there was only about ten rows. To my knowledge, they actually a random fact. I think they're just coming off their sixth consecutive consecutive Michigan state. Title. I know they won a state title last year. I just yeah. think it's funny how you go you go there. You remember you're like, man, I remember back back ten years ago, t- ten twelve years ago almost now, mm-hmm. that we played up there and he. Damian, uh, Damian Mays, he called Damian Mose. There's no O in his last name. Uh, Andy Spies was Andy Spices, and that, that there's, there, there's no C. Like so, yeah. it was just really funny. Yeah. And, <laughs> a great, uh, a, yeah, a great so, truck. Yeah, so it was you it was know, interesting. You had to walk back into like yeah, this like, field area, yep, and yep. if you didn't you didn't know, you didn't bring a lawn chair, which I wish they would have told everybody to bring a lawn chair because I would have. And yeah, uh, uh, it was just my, funny. I was on the I was a manager on the team that year, so I rode the bus up there, and I was like, "Where in the world are, are we, we going, going to play football right now?" Yeah, uh, my cousin he play he he had the privilege to play against Liberty Center three times in his high school career, and I asked him what was the experience for that, and he's like, "Dude, they made me want to not play football anymore." <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, like, like really, like, dude, they just hit and hit and hit. And he he said it was probably the most the mis- most miserable time he's ever played football in his whole entire life. Um, so uh, let's uh, let's move to a little bit of Division Three softball here. Uh, Northwood uh, defeated Evergreen in that opening round, fifteen to four. Evergreen did pick up a couple of regular season games that they played. They ended up playing two more regular season games after that, just to pick up some games and play. And I love I love that. I yeah, think that's great. I, I think uh, you know Liberty did that a couple times this year. They picked up St. Francis. Uh, after OG was able to uh, wasn't able to come play for whatever reason, uh, not able to make that work. But uh, you know uh, they were able to get St. Francis. Uh, they were able to reschedule a game with Eastwood and try to get those guys into play. And you know we were talking about teams that you're going to see in your your sectional and your district tournament. Those are the teams you want to yeah. be playing. So kudos kudos to the ads that do that. And while we're talking about ads, I do want to mention the ad at Wasion was uh, actually athletic director of the year. Oh really? Um, and uh, yeah, what's his first? I can't. What's his first name? I can't. It's Mr. Hutchinson. I can't. I'll, I'll get his first name for you in a second here. But, um, but he won Athletic Director of the Year, which you know that's pretty special. I think that's really cool. Um, just a just a, a local guy, you know, being able to get that uh, accomplishment, I think, is really cool. So, uh, gotta gotta love hearing about that. So, um, Tenora uh, ended up playing Swanton there in that first round. You know, we had kind of talked with the head coach from Swanton. Mm-hmm. She really wasn't too thrilled with that draw. <laughs> they, yeah. I think maybe she uh, she thought they should have had a, a better out draw, but uh, um, nevertheless, a tough tough loss there for Swanton. As uh, um, well, the thing is though that it's a young team and they were playing against a really good Tenora team that in year in and year out that's always been being very competitive and a very tough team to beat. And um, in my personal opinion, they're probably going to use that as motivation going to the next seat into the next spring season. And uh, I know down in my mind, like Coach Kyle said, and many people have said that this that Swanton team is could be is going to be dangerous in the in the coming years. Yeah, I agree. And uh, you know, Tenora with the uh, Sky Leah's Olman pitching, you know, they were primed to make a pretty good run, and they ended up upsetting the number one seed Oak Harbor nine to eight too that following week. So a uh, big win for them. Uh, you know, they were in, they ended up getting tripped up. But a good season for Tenora. I think they won yeah. almost twenty games this year. So, so they, so Tenora lost to Johnstown six to three in the regional finals. There, um, 
they beat beating Huron one nothing in the regional semis. Uh, the stat of the James of the Jamestown game. Uh, Selena Zolman. Skylia. Skylia, thank you. Zolman uh, pitching seven innings, gave up seven hits, six runs, two earned, seven strikeouts, and five walks. Uh, Paige Gamby uh, with a double, a single, three RBIs. Annie Fraser uh, with two singles, two runs. Logan McQuillan double eight with a double, and Paige Carpenter with two singles. And the Lady Rams finished their season, their playoff trail run with a twenty and eight record. And I saw this as a side stat when I was looking this stuff up. They in three seasons, Phil, they are fifty three and nineteen. Won two district championships and a green medals conference championship in three seasons, and that's. And I saw that when I saw that, that that's a very impressive stat line in three seasons for the Lady Rams. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know they've been consistent. Uh, they also won two to nothing over Huron, and uh, Zolman had a one hit seven strikeout masterpiece on that game. That was right before the loss to the to Johnstown. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that just proves how how good she is a one hitter in that at that stage this late in the season is just you know it's really impressive uh, to be able to do that and you know I just think when you have that ability as a pitcher to go that uh, deep in a contest or to be able to do that and uh, a deep down the uh, down the stretch there of the season you know especially in bigger games I feel like that's a really very clutch thing to have mm-hmm. uh, pitching when when your hitting fails your pitching doesn't and that's something that's really you know, clutch there. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. The Lady Rams. I mean, just nothing but dominance for over in the in for several years now. So, and I don't think they're going to be going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, I uh, probably not. Uh, Tenora is gonna, uh, you know, just kind of finds a way to reload every year, and uh, mm-hmm. they've done a really nice job over the past couple years. Just when you think, uh, kind of like. Uh, Coach Kyle said, you know, just when you think Brian's going to graduate the piece uh, that might, you know, get you over the hump, they bring in a freshman who dominates too. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know, uh, you know, I talked to the captain a lot about because he has a, you know, a granddaughter in the eighth grade, but I know there's some really, really good incoming freshmen for Liberty Center on the softball side of things. So um, Matt Hutchinson uh, is the AD from uh, Wasion. He, he was named, again, he was named Athletic Director of the Year. So pretty cool stuff there. Oh no, you're you're, you're cool. Um, uh, I told I told you guys I'd get that name for you. So thanks, Captain, our techie guy. That's why we got him in here. He does does the behind the scenes stuff that we can't do sometimes here. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, and what the, what do you got for the Lady Apaches? For the Lady Apaches? Oh, yes, geez. sir. I don't have anything for Fairview. Oh. No, actually, they uh they actually got beat. Um, to also the, Johnstown too. Yeah, to Johnstown too. And I think I just think you know Fairview was the same way. They had a couple of girls there that could just really hit the cover off the baseball. And that's the thing about our softball. Excuse me. That's the thing about softball and baseball that a lot of people I think um, underappreciate. If you have one really good player in your hitting lineup. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go that far because they're only going to get three at bats a game. Yes. Speaking at least a prime example is Macy Chamberlain. I mean, Absolutely. you know, if she could bat 15 times a game, they they probably, you know, they she would she would have a lot more damage and they probably would win more games. You know, that's not a knock on them. She's just that terrific of a player. So, uh, you know, same thing when you're talking about in the major leagues, you know, even, uh, you know, some of these players talk about how good Mike Trout is or Shohei Otani is. And, mm-hmm. you know, those guys can't do it all. And you yeah, got to have a supporting it, cast. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing that you just mentioned with the uh, with Shea Watani. He's got the greatest baseball player in the world, 
but he's only one guy and you look at the surrounding other pieces that the Angels have it's it's not very it's not a pretty picture really got to have it 1 through 9 <laughs> absolutely um uh so I have for for the Lady Apaches losing to Jonestown for nothing in the regional semifinal of Division 3 uh Paige Rasika pitching 7 innings 6 hits Four runs, gave up four runs and three earned with eight strikeouts and three walks. And she was another one of those girls that was on our list when we went over the softball stats. She was another one of those girls that was on our list for low ERA, high strikeout total. So uh, she had a really nice year pitching on the diamond as well for and the Lady the, Apaches. And the Apaches were only ha- were held to just one hit versus Johnstown's six. There were six hits and four runs. Uh, it's tough to win games and you're getting one hit too, so tough there. Absolutely. So, uh, uh, as we talked about with Coach Kyle, Genoa uh, upset Liberty Center 4-3. to three. Uh, Liberty Center just wasn't able to get very, really anything very, going. Very uh, intense game. Well, they, you know, Liberty Center just really couldn't get anything going until about the fifth inning there. Then yeah. they started making some noise in the fifth and the sixth. Uh, they got had a chance in the seventh there. Just weren't able to move some runners over and uh, get some timely hits where they had a chance to score a run. So, uh, you know, tough loss after a really nice regular season. But, mm-hmm. you know, like we just talked about with Coach Kyle, you're returning four all-league players, uh, two starting pitchers. You know, she had mentioned not a lot of teams have that in the league. Yes, yeah, Swan's going to bring back Taylor Forrest, a girl that's been really good on the mound for them and then mm-hmm. you're talking about Thea Statton's going to stay Statton's going to be coming back for Brian so good arm there and it's you know it's just yeah it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a very competitive league for the coming it's going to be very competitive and uh, that's probably the best way to get you ready for tournament time obviously you got you're scheduling your off league teams you're trying to get people that you're going to you're expecting to play against at the tournament and all that but and in my personal opinion, the NWOL is a very—it's of one. I would say one of the toughest conferences in league, league-wise, because you got the Golden Bears that are just a juggernaut. Uh, you got Swanton that's an upcoming. You got Evergreen that also is really who's can be who who has the capability of being really good. And Liberty Center is also in that fold, also. And it's it's going to be interesting how it, it's going to be very interesting on how uh, the future comes. Uh, for next season, but it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. And I think people are forgetting that Swanton had a chance to be send Brian out of uh, an outright championship in the last game of the year, losing two to one. Yeah. Uh, to Brian, so you know you talk about Swanton being a, a quality team with young talent. They yeah, have four freshmen on their team that that were, you know, very very good. So it's things are definitely looking up for yeah. the for the league. Yeah. So no doubt in my mind that. With even though they lost, they're probably they're like, hey, we can beat these guys. So, uh, let's uh, finish up Division Three. Archbold uh, in the opening round defeated Delta nine to three, and then would lose to Eastwood nine to two in the sectional championship game. Uh, Eastwood obviously would go on to lose to Tenora fourteen to four in the districts, and then in Division Four, Antwerp would lose their opening round game about Pillar ten to zero, and PH would lose their opening round game to Continental. Four to two, so cadets. Um, uh, that kind of closes down the softball and, side of uh, thing. I got, forgot. I don't, don't remember the pirates. Yeah. yeah. Oh my bad. Then I'm thinking of Hilltop. My bad. Um, forgot to mention for the AW the, for the Lady Generals. Obviously, we know we found out that we lost. They they lost six to one, but their path to the title they they beat North Ridgeville four two. Free had a rematch with Springfield. The Springfield Blue Devils. Beating them seven to three, and then playing, then beating Watkins Memorial, uh, two one, and then to finish out to lose to Austown Flint, 
Fitch. Right. Fitch. So, so good season for Anthony Wayne. They were ranked in the state, uh, actually in the nation for a while there. Uh, Springfield also ranked in the nation. You know, Springfield, Anthony Wayne uh, played to a 6-5 decision in seven innings in their uh, in their league contest that they played. Uh, Springfield was able to get the better of Anthony Wayne. So Anthony Wayne able to come back in tournament time when it matters the most to be able to avenge that loss. And mm-hmm. um, kudos to Anthony Wayne there for having a good season. Also losing in the state championship game. Uh, you know, just, uh, you, you know, great job there to be able to get there. Unfortunate that they couldn't compete or to complete the this title run. But uh, a nice but job still, there. Hands down, though, still a magical run for the Lady Generals. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, so we're going to move transition over to Phil's favorite sports. Well, let's uh, let's send out a big thank you to our sponsors, uh, uh, Pro Day Performance Training uh, with uh, Dorian Hooker and Jordan Berdu. Uh, give those guys a call for a training session. They train athletes all over Northwest Ohio. Uh, so like I said, call them up for a training session. Uh, Jordan does groups of 10, uh, 8, 7, uh, any, any kind 20. of 20. Uh, it's, a, it's a really nice place, a great atmosphere, a great, great place to get healthy and get a workout in, great people. Um, give the guys over AB Perfectionist Painting, knock it out, drywall, call 906-1627, uh, quality painting made easy. Uh, shoot them an email at uh, abperfectionistpainting.com uh, to set up a free quote today. Uh, you know, we, we – uh, Painted our uh, studio in here. We've uh, done the uh, dentist or the the floral shop uptown. We painted that black. Uh, black. So uh, we love doing our community projects here here in Liberty Center and, and around town. We also did the uh, the Delta Panthers football press box. So yeah, nice. uh, love helping out the community. Uh, get a free quote and then. One of our favorite sons, Mr. Fugel himself, uh, Josh Martin. Joshua Martin. So thank you to the, thank you to some of those sponsors here. We'll clean up the rest of them for you when we get done with our baseball stuff. All right, Phil, what do we got? Well, uh, let's open up with uh, let's open up with some tournament stuff, and then we'll we'll take a break and talk about a couple of notes that I have, and then we'll finish up with the rest of the baseball stuff, and then we'll talk about our final episode next week absolutely um starting with the d2 stuff uh brian uh, you know tough win over mommy six to five uh, they would move on and play napoleon uh napoleon the higher seed favored in this game mm-hmm. uh and uh, dylan dominic from brian had an absolutely fantastic pitching performance uh in a game where let's just put it this way there has been multiple thousands of emails emailed to the OHSAA. There has been a lot of people that have complained about uh, the weather that was going on during that day. It was the hurricane wind, oh, rain. Really? I mean, it was absolutely atrocious. And apparently it's this whole big thing that uh, people were emailing, like, I can't believe they wouldn't reschedule this. Like, they knew this weather was coming the day before. Why don't we try to figure this out? Uh, you know, just kind of one of those things. Brian able to win one nothing over Napoleon. Uh, which was kind of the exact opposite of what happened in, over in Archibald, where Defiance played Wasi on in a 13 to six game, where where Defiance had to score six runs, or I'm sorry, 11 runs in the sixth inning after trailing six to two the entire game. Uh, you know, this was a game that Wasi on kind of had control of a little bit for most of the game. Defiance a little bit on their heels. You get some weather. Mm-hmm. You get some things start to happen here, and then they score 11 runs in the six after trailing the whole game, able to win that game 13-6. to six. Um, Had a, a torn long, had four hits. Uh, Defiance ended up having 14 in the game. Uh, Aiden Kessling, winning pitcher for them. Yep. Uh, and then Brian would meet Defiance there uh, in Archibald. 
for the districts, and uh, Brian would would lose the defiance three to nothing. Winning pitcher Aiden Kessling threw a one hitter against uh, Brian. Eight strikeouts. Losing pitcher Dylan Dominic, but he also had a three hitter. Uh, you know, both teams had some errors, uh, struggled a little bit defensively, and uh, that ended Brian's season. Uh, Defiance then would move on to play Toledo Central Catholic, a game in which they would walk it off in the bottom of the eighth inning and win 2-1. to one. Uh, Alex Chagoyan had two hits. David Jimenez got the win. He moved to 10-2 on the year. He gave up five hits, one earned run, nine strikeouts. Also got a single to lead off in the bottom of the eighth inning and scored the game-winning run. Uh, and then Defiance would end up losing in the regional file finals uh, to set, uh, seven to three to Ontario after winning four to three against Bay Village Bay uh, uh, in the regional semifinals. Defiance ended up scoring two runs in the sixth inning there to come back against Bay Village to make that a game and were able to take the we take the lead and, and get the win there. So. Uh, Big win for them, and then, like we said, uh, unable to come out on top in the regional finals after a 7-3 loss to Ontario. Um, just a you know, just a tough loss there for Defiance. Uh, picking up Defiance a little bit. Uh, just want to mention uh, Tom Helda has retired as the Defiance head baseball coach after. Oh, so he had a walk off. It was a send off season for him. Well, uh, that, that 20, really 24 years at Defiance High School, a 35 year coaching career. Uh, he's second in Ohio High School Athletic Association history in wins with 806. In 24 years at Defiance, he was 603 and 109. He won 16 WBL championships, five regional championships and three state championships, one coming in 2013, and then back-to-back titles in 2015 and 2016. He had short so. stints at Eastwood in ni- from 1988 to 1990. He was 39-29 and 29 in two seasons at Eastwood before going to Bryan and coaching seven years at Bryan where he was 164-44 and 44 from 1991 to 1998 for a grand total of a career record of 806 and 182 with 23 league championships, six regional championships, six Coach of the Year awards, and 10 Major League Baseball players drafted into the league. Wow, that's a that's an amazing uh, flex to how, uh, of, of a career. That's a that's top notch. Under Tom Held Defiance won 20 games in 23 out of the 24 years that they played. He won 21 sectional championships, wow. 14 district championships, and five regional titles, including the state championships in 13, 15, and 16. And he had 18 straight years of being in the top 20 in the final poll of the state poll. Wow. That yeah, that's a that's a that's an amazing career accomplishment. Absolutely amazing. And I don't know who in the world would want to try to follow in those footsteps, but uh Someone, um, that uh, position's going to be open and uh it, it's going to be tough to be able to it's going to be tough to be able to uh fill those shoes. Um you're talking about winning 20 games, 23 out of 24 years. That's good. 21 sectional championships. I mean, the winning percentage of the the sectional championships is incredible. I mean, that's just it's unheard of. 
That's uh, just utter dominance. You're never gonna you're never gonna probably see that again. Uh, for a long time. For quite some time. So uh, yeah. a huge congratulations to Tom Held there. Uh, you know, stepping down, take some time with your family. You know, we've I've seen post after post after post about. Uh, congratulations and just about how great of a guy he really is. He's also uh, does a lot of stuff for the um, for the Acme tournaments and does a lot of stuff for that as well. He's on plenty of coaches boards as well, which I'm sure he'll stay on. Uh, so so kudos there for a, a wonderful career there for uh, Tom Held. Yeah. So, but like you said though, who's gonna who's gonna st- that's, that's some big shoes to fill. Hey, you know what? Uh, you know, most recently, you know, we've had this situation around here. Uh, you know, with Rex retiring and mm-hmm. uh, Casey coming in and doing a fantastic job. Uh, you know, I think in his first year he went to the regional or the state semifinal four. That was your, your first year, right? That was my second, the second year. year. So that first year. year. The first year we missed the playoffs, but we went six and four that year. So, you know, you, you, you have that success. You know, you, you breed success. I'm sure whoever comes in there uh, will know, you know, this is the way that Defiance Baseball does things and things like that. So, you know, whoever steps in to fill that job, obviously some big shoes to fill, but we'll know, uh, we'll know what what's expected there. So, absolutely. Uh, let's go to Division Three. Um, Ottawa Hills in the opening round would defeat Delta seven to zero. That would uh, end Delta's season, and then Ottawa Hills, the sixth seed, has just been on fire. Who now find themselves in the state uh, in the state championship final four, uh, playing for a bid in the state championship game in Division Three uh, this weekend against Apple Creek Wayndale oh. uh, is who they're going to play. So uh, a big kudos to Ottawa Hills, who's who kind of went in with a chip on their shoulders, thought they got robbed a little bit on the seeding, got a six seed, uh, went against Delta, then would take down the number one seed Tenora Rams seven to one. We're in control of that wow. game the whole game at Tenora. We wow. saw have a great season all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ottawa Hills would actually defeat Wayne Trace as well. Wayne Trace, who beat Eastwood, knocking out the number one seed at Eastwood three to two or two to one. I can't remember that score. I have it written down on the next page, but mm-hmm. um, three to two. Um, uh, <laughs> so huge, huge win uh, for Ottawa Hills to beat Tenora, and then. To be able to take down Wayne Trace, uh, who we'll touch on a little bit, they've played exceptionally in the tournament, mm-hmm. had a great season. Uh, first round, Liberty Center would be down by Genoa 3-1 to one, and a tough loss there for the Tigers. Uh, just really unable to get any timely hitting there. Yep. Uh, Carter Dickman had a really nice job on the mound. Uh, you know, held held Genoa to three runs, which, you know, that's what you want. Three, two runs somewhere in there. Uh, just got to be able to get some timely hits. Weren't able to do that. Um while we're finishing with Liberty Center here, uh, oh, yeah. we would like to uh, say a big shout-out to Coach uh, Ryan Zider, who who has also stepped down as the uh, Liberty Center head baseball coach um, after nine seasons. So another coach, uh, another coaching opening up there. Uh, you know, I've also heard some rumors about another job, but I'm not going to say that. So, uh, so interesting how, you know, that uh, defiance job opens up, now Liberty job opening up here. So, and uh, I think it's interesting because both of those programs have a lot of things going for them. Looking forward, mm-hmm. you know, Defiance has some really good underclassmen, juniors, sophomores. Uh, Liberty Center only graduating three seniors on the baseball team this year. And then you got Landon Amstutz, who's uh, playing with the Napoleon River Bandits this year, which is exceptional. Uh, you know, you know, uh, yeah, you know, probably – you know, should have been a WOAL player of the year. But uh, uh, nevertheless, uh, you know, a lot of talent coming back for Liberty Center. So whoever gets that job, obviously, uh, you know, is going to be working with some good talent. And going to be having a very athletic 
freshman class uh, coming in. Yeah, very athletic freshman class, and I know the junior class, uh, the sophomores going to be juniors, have a lot of talent as well. You know, uh, you know, looking at Xander Zider, first team all league as a sophomore, as a catcher, uh, you know, really impressive. When you're talking about Devin Morris uh, over at Archbold, who had a great year, he was second team all league and as a senior. So uh, when you're a sophomore and you're doing that, and you're looking at, you know, you're obviously doing some things right there. So uh, kudos to him. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Uh, moving forward in Division Three, the 10 seed Paulding uh, would defeat uh, Swanton 5-2. to two. Uh, That game, the winner would end up playing Archibald, who had a bye week. This game was really, really interesting, Markle. Uh, uh, Archibald actually had the lead for most of this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was 5-1 to one going into the seventh inning. And Paulding ended up getting five runs in the seventh inning to take the lead six to five over Archibald in the seventh. Really? Archibald able to get a run in the bottom of the seventh to tie the game at six all, and then were able to get a, a run in the bottom of the eighth inning uh, to get the walk off victory. Eleven hits uh, for Archibald. Like we said, Paulding got five runs there in the seventh inning to make it interesting, but uh, Archibald just. You know, a really, really solid baseball team. Uh, they do the things that they need to do. Didn't panic after giving up five runs or uh, there in the seventh inning. Were able to, to shut it down and uh, come through, get a run, you know, close it out there in the eighth and be able to win that ball game. Uh, Jaden Seiler was able to get the win for Archibald, and that was his 20th career pitching victory, uh, which is pretty high up there on the career wins for Archibald as pitching staff. So uh, congratulations to him. Uh, and then Archibald would go on to pl- uh, play Evergreen, uh, who would win four to nothing, and then eventually lose to Ottawa Hills in the district title game, eleven to two. So, uh, when you're talking about teams that Ottawa Hills is beating, they've now beaten Delta, uh, who obviously struggled a little bit this year, but Tenora, a very very good team, mm-hmm. the number one seed in this district. Uh, then they follow that up, they come back and they beat Archibald, uh, the number two team in this district. So Ottawa Hills is really streaking right now. Um, Evergreen played to uh, Fairview and got a 14 to eight win. And they also defeated Otsego for a sectional title nine to five. Evergreen had three guys with two hits in that game. So a sectional title for Evergreen. So congratulations to those guys. Again, they would end up lose losing to Archibald in the district semifinal game. But, uh, you know, we talked about Evergreen kind of being that sneaky team a little bit this year. And I think they showed us that we were right. Uh, you know, obviously struggled uh, in the game against Liberty Center a little bit, had some errors, uh, had some walks in the first inning there that kind of propelled that lead for Liberty Center. But, uh, you know, overall, I think, you know, solid season. And, you know, it, it's just another one of those things. I, I feel like all these league teams and all these teams just keep getting better and better, Markle. Absolutely. They do. They they do. And that, that's why I'm saying, like I said earlier about softball, like – our conference, I would say, our conference is very competitive, and prepares us for um, prepares for the tur- for tournament play, and and the talent and the talent fountain just keeps producing. Absolutely. Uh, let's uh, keep it with D three here. We'll move on to uh, Ottawa Glandorf. Um, mm-hmm. OG opened up their tournament with a nine to one nine to one victory over Bluffton. Uh, and then we're able to get the best of the higher-seeded Liberty Benton in the sectional final game where they won that one 4-2, to two, uh, but would eventually lose to Coldwater 6-1 to one, uh, in the district semifinal game. 
On the other side of that, in the district uh, semifinal game, Wayne Trace would win their sectional title 6-1 to over Blanchard Valley Riverdale, where they would meet the one-seed Eastwood for the district semis and where they would win that game 3-2 to two on a very good pitching performance. Uh, I think it was Kale Winans that had the uh, pitching performance. Uh, and then they would meet, Wayne Trace would meet Kale, uh, Coldwater, excuse me, for the district uh, title game, a game in which Wayne Trace won 7-0. to zero. Coldwater with seven errors in the game. Really? Uh, wow. Wayne Trace had four runs in the first inning thanks to some errors. Uh, winning pitcher was Brevin Anderson. He went six innings pitch, allowing five hits. Um, and losing pitcher was Evan Harlemer. Uh, we'd seen him on the football field, a really nice receiver for Coldwater. He only gave up four hits and had zero earned runs. Wow. So that shows you the errors defensively really hurt Coldwater in that game, and Wayne Trace was able to um, come out on top of that. So, And that was Wayne Trace's first district championship in 37 years, and they also won their first GMC championship since 1987 this year. So a fantastic Dang, season for Wayne a- Trace. Uh, coming in and uh, you know finishing the year at 22 and six, uh, seniors leaving their mark. Obviously, good things there. They ended up losing to Milan Edison in the regional six to one. Uh, Milan Edison, defending state champion, or excuse me, defending state runner up in that division. Uh, ben Bates, just a gem on the mound. Seven innings pitched, five hits uh, in the win there. Uh, Wayne Trace was able to add a, a run late, but it was already six. Uh, I think it was already kind of well out of hand and. You know the pitching dominance just kind of kind of set that over the edge. So uh, we'll go a little bit of D four here. Uh, North Central would take down Antwerp two to one in the first round. Uh, North Central um, would end up losing in the in the regional finals after a historic run. But man, they had a really good run. Uh, mm-hmm. First first time in school history they were ever there. Uh, Lipsick uh, would beat PH the seven seed over the two seed PH in the sectional championship game. 11 uh, in which it just seemed like no team could really get ahead and hold the lead uh, hits galore um, and they would also upset Ayersville 4-3 to in the district semifinal game uh, Ayersville's path to, dis- to the district semifinals game was a one nothing win over Ottoville and then a 2-1 to win over Kaleida in the sectional finals uh, before falling in the district semis to um, Lipsick right. and Delphus St. John actually I wrote this down they beat Lipsick in the regional uh, in the district final game, and Delphi St. John upset number one seeded Lincoln View ten to eight. Lincoln View was, I believe, the state champion last year. Uh, upset Lincoln View ten to eight in the uh, in the semis, the district semi game. So huge win for Delphi St. John there to be able to come huge. up huge uh, to be able to come up with that win. Uh, so congratulations to them there. Um, just a couple other notes I wrote down. Um, Ottawa Hills uh, did upset Milan Edison three to two in the regional finals, so now they will play in the final four, uh, as uh, aforementioned against the Apple Creek Wayndale team. Mm-hmm. Uh, not too familiar with that school. Uh, I know they've had a couple of good football One programs yep. over the, over the years. Um, Ninety-seven, I believe, right? No. Are you sure? Semis. Semis. I was gonna say we played. Uh, Bedford Be- uh, no, Bedford Chanel was two thousand. That was thirty-one to thirty. No, we did beat Apple Creek Wayndale, and then we beat. Um, why can't I not think of their name in the ninety-seven championship game? <laughs> that's not. Oh that's my not, gosh, that's this, not a good thing bu- that, this is going to bug thing. me. Joe Jurassic's on the third play from scrimmage, ran it for a touchdown, and I remember uh, talking to Kenzie Kern about it. He said that he was a center at that time, 
and he snapped the ball, and when he saw Joe running, that he started running after him, and he caught Joe um, as he was running for a touchdown. And he told him if that they weren't gonna, if they couldn't run Joe down, that they were never gonna have, a, they were never gonna stand a chance against us, because Joe wasn't even fast compared to the speed that we had on that team that year. Uh-huh. Cam and Sam Smith, Je- Jesse Smith, the, the Silvis. Um, Kurt Silvis or the – No, uh, Brett Silvis. Um, uh, Z- one of the Ziders was on the team. Uh, was that Nate? Nate Zider? Brian Zider in 97. Well, Nate Zider was in 2000 then. Uh, Seth, was it Seth Atkinson on that team or not yet? Seth Atkinson would have been – No, yeah, no. 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 Um uh, Amanda Amanda Clear Creek. Amanda Clear Creek is who we beat. In the, so we played Apple Creek, Waynedale, and Amanda Clear Creek back-to-back. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Zider, I think, was on that. So, um, Yeah, he still flexes to me to this day about how – he's like, where's your state? So Seth Atkinson would have been on that team as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, some other notes I wrote here uh, for Anthony Wayne – uh, in Division One, uh, three straight walk-off wins. Most recently, a three-to-two walk-off win in the eighth inning over Medina, uh, over at BG. This is really interesting because Medina, the the day before, mm-hmm. threw a no-hitter to get to this point. Wow! And when you're, I, I mean, I just mentioned it to you. You're throwing a, no-hitter, throwing a no-hitter, no-hitter in the regional no-hitter semifinals game. You're. Uh, I would not be surprised if they win the state title, to be honest with you. because if you're They could have, but then they lost to Anthony Wayne. Wow. The very next day. So that's, that was a walk-off, so this right? Is what, yeah, in eight innings. So this is what I this is what I love about baseball. That's the, the OHSA rule is you can throw up to 125 pitches a day, but if you throw more than 30 pitches in a day, you have to have a one-day's rest. So they could only have him for one day. They chose the, the, the game before that, came in handy, threw a no-hitter, you come back here, you, you throw a gem. Medina hadn't given up a run the entire postseason. I just want wow. to make this clear. They had not given up a run the entire tournament up until the sixth inning of this game when Anthony Wayne scored. Wow. Maybe it was the fifth inning, but that was the first run that Medina had allowed this postseason in baseball, and Anthony Wayne was able to get two runs to tie it, and then bases loaded. Now, there is some controversy about this about this play. Okay. Um, if you get a chance, uh, go online and, and type it in, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. It's probably on like WSN Sports, whatever it is, uh-huh. and check it out and see for yourself. But the game-winning hit, um, the runner had scored from home. But but the second guy that was on second base never touched third. He took a bead off of his path to go to his teammate to celebrate the win. Theoretically... Yeah, Medina, all they have to do is step on the bag, out, run negated, inning over. We would have gone to the top of the ninth inning. So if you watch the play, the umpire never left the field. He stood there because he waited until either A, Medina was going to throw the ball over there, out, negate the play, Uh next inning, or all nine players from Medina – would have to have left the field. He stood there until all nine players from Medina left the field. That's when he called the game. So the game was never officially over at that point in time. Wow. Until the umpire signaled game over 
because technically, according to baseball rules, rules, Medina had forfeited the play, which then there scored the run. Game over. Now, also, there's a thing that they're saying uh, the kid took his helmet off halfway down the bag to third base from third base to home. Uh Could be an immediate ejection as well, which would negate the run. Wow. So there's a lot of things there's a, there's that could have gone on on there. I will post this video on our page and let you be the judge if you can, if you want. They had another high school game where it was a drop third strike. Uh-huh. And the team celebrated. So, yeah, so, so Cap, this, is, this, is, this was in another state, but Captain's calling this out right now here is that there was a game in baseball. Uh, there was a drop third strike, two runners on, second and third. A two outs and a drop third strike, the team down by three run or two runs. Three runs would win it. And that's what happened. He dropped the third strike. He turned around to look to the umpire, and the umpire signaled. He's I, I watched it. Signaled no. And that's what they did. They went out and celebrated. He rounded all the way around home. And guess who won the game? They did. The team that won on a drop third strike. Yep. Wow. He he signaled safe, and on a drop third strike, yeah. if you turn and look at the umpire and he goes like this, you, you have to throw, throw to first, first base to make sure it's yeah. a secured out. If it's a strikeout and you show him the ball and it's caught, he will signal out. He was going to throw it, but all the other players were celebrating, so he ran out to pitcher. Cost him the game. Yeah. So so that could that could spark some interesting things. Obviously, a big learning moment for for Anthony Wayne. When you're a kid and, and that yeah. kind of thing happens, your third straight walk off to go to the state championships. Obviously, there's going to be sure, some emotion, but you got to make, make sure, sure that, that you complete the game because, yeah, I mean this, this this could have been, this could have been a really really ugly called, scene for the OHSA. I mean this would have this could have been very very bad. Not not because they did anything wrong, but because had that play ended up that way, who would have given it an explanation to anybody at that point? That, yeah. That's what I want to know. Like yeah, the umpire isn't the umpire isn't mic'd up. So what is he going to tell everybody about what's going on, about what happened? He had to, he's only responsible to talk to the head coach. And he's only responsible to talk to the head coaches. So how are you going to determine how everything would have happened if that would have been the scenario that we would have been played out? That's I think, has to be a teaching moment. You know, go make sure that your kids understand, hey, we need to make sure that we're doing, you know, this, this, and this, or, you know, whatever it Celebrate is. Celebrate after, after you complete the play. So I'm just I'm just trying to I'm just trying to f- find this video real quick and just I believe you shared let, it to me kind of uh, let you be the judge of it because I just you know and that's the thing how do you how do you know that as a as a young Facebook, kid uh, as a young kid how how would you know that you wouldn't know that rule yeah I honestly I wouldn't I wouldn't know to be honest with you Phil that's uh something okay I just found it right now I'm sharing it to you. It's the um, it's the walk off. Yeah, I'm just trying to get it on my computer. Yeah, on my computer. 
I'm watching it right. Yeah, the kid already has his helmet off. So that that could have been a possible ejection there because his helmet was already off crossing the field and then the runner at right. from second base never touches We're, third. Right, ladies and, and gentlemen, we are the uh, alternate version of New York. We're just going to replay this, and we're going to we're going to look at this real quick, even though we're going to waste some time. But I can't find it. I found it right here. Let's yeah, but that doesn't help me. You want it on my computer? Here you go. See, and it's a line. It's a line drive single. The second baseman never never touches. But I, I you 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 want to look at the backside of the angle where the umpire. I didn't see the backside. I only see the WTO. Where the where the umpire stands there because I think that's that's the big thing that we need to understand here is that until the umpire signals that the game is over, the game is not over. <laughs> and I just want to know if at what point in time the coaches from the other team never it's, said anything? Did they not realize it? I mean, I just want to no. know the situation of what happened because, of course, you know, your emotions are running so high, running so low, they probably didn't think – I don't know. So yeah. as, as an umpire slash coach, it's almost impossible to get your kids' attention to something like that. I, I had a situation where I was actually a home plate umpire – or no, I was out in the field – Mm -hmm. in a tournament final game. And the Springfield coach, this was a 14U, uh -huh. calls timeout and just starts walking out onto the field. The runners were not on the bases, and it was still an active play. And I'm out there signaling with my hands open, no, 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 no. And his players all of a sudden just go to him, and the opposing coach is like, run, run, run. And and. The players just – the Springfield players had no idea because their coach and the assistant coaches for Springfield were screaming, no, no, stay out there. But the coach was like, come here, come here. So you get all this chaos. Yeah. And, you know, a, 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 an astute coach is going to watch the umpires because the umpire has the final say, like mm -hmm. in this situation where, you know, the umpire signaled nobody paid attention but I'm sure somebody in the dugout did. Yeah, I just I, it's just interesting. Like I said, I don't the, know. You find the other version of it or no? I, I do. It, it does go off there. But I do want to mention though that we talked about the um, Anthony Wayne lost there six to one against Fitch. Mm -hmm. um, Fitch ended up finishing their season twenty two and zero after beating um, that team. So that's pretty 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 incredible stuff there. Um, Absolutely. And. Uh, yeah, Ottawa Hills baseball defeats Columbus Academy, so they're in the in the state tournament. But yeah, um, if you go online, like I said, go online, check it out, check out the video. Uh, it, it was in the bottom of the seventh. I'm sorry, not in the eighth, but uh, this was a game that was played at BGSU. Like I said, uh, just it was interesting seeing the umpire there. Normally, the umpire, no matter what, will always signal something to. Yep. Uh, to say that the game is over. Uh, obviously, they also have the three umpires in the regional. They have one behind the pitcher, uh, one over at first base, and one behind the mound. They change that into the tournament games when it gets deeper in there. Um, so do the other umpires just stay out there also and wait it? They move. Uh, the, uh, the first base umpire never moves. He's always yep. on first base. Yep. But this umpire is the one that moves to cover these two, and then the home plate umpire never moves. He stays. But um, – all, it's all based off of yeah. the home plate umpire. But uh, Anthony Wayne, obviously, with a walk-off against St. John's. St. John's trying to turn a double play. Um, errant throw got away from the first baseman. That's how that run scored. And then um, they got a walk-off win 
Oh, they got the, their other walk-off win, and then uh, so just pretty crazy stuff there for Anthony Wayne to be able to keep walking off wins. Uh, baseball, uh, pretty insane, especially when you get down to this time of the year. I know the anxiety's riding high, and everything's mm-hmm. just kind of crazy. So yeah. Um, I also just want to mention a couple things. We'll do our first team all league stuff next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week we'll yeah, next week is just going to be hopefully be joined by a special guest next week, Aaron George from Patrick Henry. Uh, he he uh, assistant on the baseball team. It does some football stuff as well. Yep. Uh, we're gonna have bring him in. We'll talk about some baseball. Uh, Todd, talk about some and we're softball. We're gonna be having Todd Galen coming on uh, on the behalf of Ryan Zider. Um, yeah, so I asked Ryan to come on. He he said, bring Galen on on my behalf. I'm like, all right. And so we're going to have Todd Galen on next week also. Um, and we're just going to – and we're going to recap everything over the season and uh, just have some classic – just have – well, and I know I know Aaron had they they uh they had some Division Four regionals and district going on at Patrick Henry, so I'd be interested to hear about you know some of the baseball that was played over there while that's been going on. You know, a lot of good teams were over there. We talked about the Lipsick Patrick Henry game that was exciting. So a lot of Division Four teams that were playing well. Ayersville had some good games over there. I believe Edison and uh, um, Wayne Trace also played over there at Patrick Henry. So I'd really be interested to see some of the. Uh, hear about some of the things that uh, he saw over there. Also, we could talk a little bit with him about football. We'll mm-hmm. pick our uh, player of the year for baseball and softball and our coaches of the year for that. We'll do all that next week. And that's so, pretty much – and then, then I'll be the end of our spring sports. And then, uh, and then we're, we're in the – we're obviously in the works for football stuff to do some two-a-day stuff. So we'll – We'll do some video stuff with that, and you know, try yeah, to correlate really, that. So yeah. we'll get some big things moving on for that. So, so uh, next next Sunday will be our season finale of the spring sports coverage, and then after that, we're gonna hit the off season, Phil, and uh, we're gonna have a small little break. A uh, big thank you to Meyer Bait and Hop Insurance uh, Agency, servicing the people of Northwest Ohio since 1933. Uh, big shout out to. Uh, Norm Zider and his gang over there at Swanton Welding, uh, you know, just all kinds of fabrication services over there, quality services, quality people. Um, give those guys a call. You can you can send them an email on, I think, their SwantonWelding.com yes, website. You can. you can shoot them an email uh, to talk to them about anything like that. Um, Shout-outs to 3Chord. Yeah, 3Chord, uh, obviously I want to do a special shout-out myself <laughs> here to Shane Hollenball and the 3Chord cord, staff. Uh, you know, running around doing track, uh, tra- state track meet appearances. They had three days uh, to get those orders in and made out before parents left down there for track. Mm-hmm. It was from like Sunday to, to, to Wednesday that they had to do it. Uh, you know, their employees really care about getting this stuff to these yes. kids and their they, parents. They and, work their tails off. They bust a lot, and they they deserve a lot of appreciation for what they what they do for the communities of the surrounding areas. Yeah, Shane and his guys took care of uh, my my baseball team's team stuff and uh Honestly, you know, got that done. Taking care of our merchandise and all that and uh So, just good people links. over there. Just Mer- good people over there. Yep. Uh shout outs to KK Collision with Kyle Kern and his crew uh helping out everyone uh with uh, wreckages and towing and all that and very phenomenal service out there. Shout out to Kurt Chambers and the Chamber family of Chambers Control. Uh, they do a lot of magnificent. Dude, check uh, amazing, out their stuff. I cannot work. stress it. their solar work. their solar energy supply stuff is seriously it's 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 unreal. Um, having a conversation with Kirk made my IQ go up twenty five <laughs> points. I swear, uh, he blew my mind with some of the stuff that they do out there. So it's really really cool. Check it out. And shout-outs to the Snyder family of Tiger Den Dairy Bar. And whenever you get the chance, ask for a Duke burger 
and uh, tell them to throw some cheese on it. Absolutely. And uh, and there's a secret menu item on there. They deny its existence, but it's real. Just mention the the just mention just mention Isaiah Markle, and they'll know exactly what you're talking about. It's the Shano. It's Shane's signature burger that he gets. He gets a triple bacon cheeseburger with. Um, with Coney, and he puts Coney sauce on it. Ugh. It's, it, it's actually pretty good, believe it or not. You should try it. And onion rings on top of that, and he calls it the Shano. And so if you ever go there, just just say, I want the Shano. And uh, uh, there's some mixed reactions on that. It actually, it's pretty funny. So, And uh, shout-outs, to again, to Pro Day Performance with Jordan Hooker and Jordan Berdue. Amazing atmosphere out there. They'll get your guys in shape and everything. Uh, train a ton of people. Um, probably over, probably like at, he trains five, ten, fifteen plus groups at a time. It's amazing. Many Division One athletes as well. A lot Many. of Division One athletes. So and knock it out drywall with Austin Purdue. Call him and the boys and all and uh, and AB Perfectionist Painting. So and, if you need a drywall and then you need a painter, you can call the same guy. I know yeah. a guy. <laughs> I, he knows a guy that knows a guy that knows knows another guy. Call the call him and the crew at four one nine nine zero six one six two seven. Last but not least, we need to give a big shout out to LC Tiger Sports Live uh, for the, the studio with Mark the Captain Bly. Um, you know he's gonna hate me for this, but um, make sure you say thank you to these guys if you see him. Uh, Mark uh, Digger, Kenny Barnes, shout out Digger, Spike, uh, anybody that's involved. <laughs> Anybody that's involved in LC Tiger Sports Live, right. make sure you say thank you. These guys do endless amounts of stuff for these kids that they don't get enough credit for. Um, they're a big spot, a big sponsor of LC Tiger Sports Live, big promoter of of LC Tiger Sports. Uh, and, uh They do a lot for people that you guys will never even understand. So make sure you give those guys a big thank you when you see them. Yep. So with that being said, I'm your host Isaiah Markle, and I'm your co-host the Snowman. And just remember that stats are cool. And just remember, folks, there are no field goals in baseball. Not even one. Not one. Not a single one.